Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. today for this afternoon, those seven points. Those are not original with me, but I did take those. In some cases, I've added some material, subtracted some that was with it. We're talking about seven habits of highly effective soul winners. You know, there was a book written, oh, now it's eight years are starting to add up, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think it was, Stephen Covey, uh, one of the bestsellers, basically a business kind of book, How to Be Successful at Business, but kind of a play on that same title, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Soul Winners. Now, let me say this, I, and I really believe this, because I know you guys. We've been together, some of us, for 27 years or so. I believe every person in this room wants to be a soul winner. I, I really believe that. I don't think any person in this room would, would say that that's a bad idea or that's something I, I don't desire. I, I really believe that, especially assuming that everybody in this room this afternoon is born again. You know, I don't have to convince you that this is a command. I don't think I have to convince you that it's your responsibility as well as the pastor's, as well as the assistant, Brother Jamie's. It, it's a responsibility that we all share. You know, I don't, I don't think I have to convince anybody of that. But it is my job then to educate and, and to, to encourage so that you can get there. I really believe everybody in this room wants to get there. You know, probably, to be honest, most people in this room have never personally witnessed to someone and that someone got saved. But I, I would hope by the end of this year that minority would grow into a majority, where by the end of this year, most everybody in this room will have at least had the courage to, to witness to somebody. And maybe they got saved, maybe they didn't, but you shared the gospel with them. And that would be a great leap forward for us individually and us as a church. So I do realize, in a sense, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I know you want to do it. I know you want to get it right. And I know that I want to help you. You know, I need to be taught, refreshed, and encouraged, and challenged myself. So... This afternoon, I do want to share with you, and and the reason I'm sharing this outline with you is I read it, and I thought, that's good. You know, if I run across something good, I I want to, you know, share it with you. And this is just basic uh, points that I I hope you will embrace, and, and I hope you want to be a soul winner, or you want to be a better soul winner than you already are. Because again, as our theme says, Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's for all of us. And all of us should embrace that. All we need is some some encouragement and some instruction. I like what Charles Spurgeon says. He said, to be a soul winner is the happiest thing in the world. And with every soul you bring to Jesus Christ, you seem to get a new heaven here upon earth. So what is it about soul winning? What, what are the seven habits of highly effective soul winners? Because I hope that all of us will grow together to be 
Highly effective soul winners. What are they? We'll go through these quick. We'll be out of here. Number one, soul winners are prepared. You're not going to be a very good or a very effective soul winner if you aren't prepared. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and here it is, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So when someone asks you about the Lord, in other words, when you have the opportunity to witness, it says to be prepared. And soul winners, people that do see results, people that do have and find the opportunities to witness to their neighbor, witness to their child, witness to their cousin, they are prepared. They are spiritually prepared. Three things here. They walk closely with Christ and maintain a consistent devotional life. In other words, you're not going to be a rebel. You know, you're saved or, or, or a backslider and, and at the same time be effective at, at, at witnessing because one contradicts the other. They are active in their churches and are members in good standing. You're not going to have the Sunday, and it's just the way it works out. You're not going to have just the Sunday morning crowd you know, be those that win souls. They're, they're just not going to do it. It's going to be the folks that are here Sunday morning, this afternoon, Wednesday night, which is most all of you. You know, you're going to be the ones. You're going to be the ones to do it. It's not the people that just show up at Easter and Christmas that are going to be winning souls. It's going to be those that are spiritually prepared, and your heart is spiritually prepared because you're in church faithfully. And they attend worship and Sunday school and study their Bibles regularly. So, if you want to be a soul winner, you've got to be spiritually prepared, which means, no, you're not perfect. None of us would ever win a soul if you had to be perfect. But you're working on yourself. You, you want to grow. You, you want to get it right. And when you mess up, you ask God for forgiveness, and, and you get back, and, 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 you, and you get after it. So number one, soul winners are prepared. And being faithfully in church being in your Bible at home and having devotions, that's laying the groundwork for you to have a greater degree of confidence to witness to someone when that opportunity comes. Number two, soul winners share Christ anytime, anywhere. They're looking for opportunities anytime, anywhere. You know, there's been churches that I've been a part of. They have, you know, certain times scheduled for visitation, and that's fine. That, that's all well and good. That, that really doesn't work today like it did 20, 30, 40 years ago. But my concern back then was some people thought, well, I go to visitation from, you know, 7 to 8.30 on, on Thursday night, and then I'm off. I would rather folks think, you know, I'm on seven days a week, 24-7. And, and then I'm looking for people to witness to at any and every opportunity and highly effective soul winners share Christ anytime, anywhere. Luke 14, 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. You know, whether at work tomorrow, whether in a doctor's waiting room, whether wherever it might be, you know, at, at a social event, you're sitting by somebody, you just made a new friend, and you find out that you're from the same hometown. You know, you see those as opportunities. Uh, a, a simple list here. At the office, 
in a restaurant, on a plane, over the phone, anywhere the opportunity, opportunity exists. So, one of the habits of soul winners is they are prepared. Number two, they are, are sharing anytime and anywhere. Number three, soul winners, at least those that do it faithfully and regularly, adapt. They adapt. 1 Corinthians 9.22, look what the Apostle Paul says. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. He's definitely there talking about adapting. You've you, you got to be flexible in, in, in your approach. You've got to be flexible in what you're doing. Notice what it says. Most, talking about highly effective soul winners, do not rely on mechanical or canned gospel presentations. They have developed their own particular style that is, number one, personal and conversational, use their own language and illustrations, and will be unique and different in each encounter. You know, you, you can, it, it is good, and we will probably do some training in this area of, you know, sometimes people need a basic outline, how do I do this? And I can understand that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the goal is to get comfortable with what you're doing, and you're just sharing the gospel from your heart. You're telling people about what happened to you, and what you did, and how you got saved. And then showing them a few verses in Scripture that will show them how they got saved. Let me show you what someone showed me five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. You think it through. You, you, you have a plan, but it's your plan. It, it's, it's, it's personal. And, 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 and it's unlike anybody else's. And you're, you're comfortable with it, sharing it with other people. So as we're emphasizing this entire year, the importance of go ye, that you're thinking, okay, when I have that opportunity, here's what I am going to say. And we don't need to make it more complicated than what it is because it's not complicated at all. I was having problems in my life, perhaps your testimony might go. And then somebody showed me from the Bible how that I could get saved. And I trusted Christ as my Savior. And when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I am no longer estranged from God. I am a child of God. I am born again. I know if something happens to me, I'd go to heaven. And that person showed me these verses. It might be, you know, just the Romans road that you have marked in your Bible. And you just read it to that person and say, look, wouldn't you like to pray and ask Christ to be your Savior today? I mean, it's not hard. It's not complicated, especially when it's your story, your personal story. You know that better than anybody else, and personal stories are, are powerful. I mean, your testimony is powerful, and it doesn't have to be dramatic. You know, I mean, like, like you were part of the Hell's Angels, you know, and you got shot, and you were dying, and, you know, it doesn't have, Some people think, what is my testimony? Look, every one of us in here that's saved, it's a miracle of God. We've all experienced a miracle. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home, and, and you got saved in church when you were in the second grade. I mean, that's a wonderful story in and of itself, and can be a blessing to the person that hears it. Point is, you're saved. So, soul winners adapt. Number four, soul winners have divine appointments. 
divine appointments. John 4, 6. One of my favorite, probably my favorite soul-winning story about Jesus and the woman at the well. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And you know the rest of the story. Here he is just walking through town. And there's the well. He's tired. He needs some water. And here comes this woman to draw water at the well. The Lord saw that as a divine appointment. And we need to look for those divine appointments. And we, we, need, to, we need to take advantage of that. I'll tell you what, there's nothing more uh, disturbing, if you will, than to have had an opportunity to witness somebody and you know you're supposed to, but you don't. And later on, you regret it. That can be a terrible, terrible feeling that you don't want to have. And so you just look for those divine appointments. And they can show up anywhere at any time. They suggest begin each day with a sense of expectation. These soul winners, they feel a divine sense of mission. They see themselves as instruments of God's grace to others. You have what they need. They seek to make the most of their encounter with others by purposely initiating and leading the conversation into the spiritual area. You can be on an airplane, and there you've got a captive audience for an hour, two hours, what have you. And you just, you know, first of all, you're just making small talk. You know, where are you from? Where are you going? You know, oh, I've been there. That's a beautiful place. And finally, you know, you, you bring it around to a spiritual thing. You know, like, oh, well, do you, or do you have, you know, are you spiritual at all? Do you, do you go to church anywhere? I'm, you know, I go to church up in Mayo. Boy, it's a big part of my life. How about you? No? Okay, well, you know. Have you ever thought about God? Do you ever think about spiritual things? Well, let me tell you my story. And you take it from there. But you see that as a divine appointment. Soul winners have divine appointments. Then number five. This is so important. This is critical. Soul winners, don't worry about results. Don't worry about results. Sadly, I have been in a few churches. Well, not a few I have been in a church where it was almost like bragging rights. Who led people to the Lord? And, you know, you would question sometimes. Yeah, we went out, me and Earl over here, and we led 147 people to the Lord last night. We don't have that issue here, and we're not going to have that issue here. Some people play that up, and it's almost like notches on, you know, the the handle of of a pistol or something. No. True soul winners don't worry about results. Now, you're happy for results. You want results. What you're looking for is simply what you do worry about is the opportunity to share. Because you know it's in God's hands whether they get saved or not. Our responsibility is to share the gospel. We are not the Holy Spirit. We cannot save them. We cannot make them get saved, even though maybe we wish we could. But a true soul winner knows it's in God's hands. And while you might be disappointed that you share the gospel with somebody and in the end they just say, well, not today. While you may be disappointed, you're not disheartened and you're not discouraged. They don't worry about, look, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, the apostle Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
you know, they may not get saved when you witness to them, but somebody else, three months later, may witness to them. The seed has been planted, or they're sitting in a church, and they're hearkening back to when I, when I met that guy at the doctor's office, and he, he gave me that track, or he witnessed to me. You know, maybe there is something to this. And then somebody invited him to church, he gets saved. You know, you're not worried about results. Soul winners realize that they cannot save anyone. People come to Christ only through the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to witness. That is our job. So, you know, it, don't get all hyped up and, you know, I've got to have this many number or whatever. No, just be hyped up about wanting to share the gospel as often as you can. Then number six, <clears throat> soul winners are involved in but not limited by church programs, okay? Now, there's different approaches to soul winning. One is just to witness to somebody directly. You have that opportunity. Another way we soul win is by passing out tracts and trusting that they'll read that and they'll follow up and get saved by reading the tract. Another approach to soul winning is simply inviting people to a church event where they will hear the gospel and hopefully get saved. And and soul winners are involved in all of those, but they're not limited to those. I hope you'll get hyped up about, you know, inviting people to our Easter morning service. And we were talking about that in staff meeting uh, this past week. And what we're going to do about getting you invitations and hopefully invitations that you can mail to people as well as give to people. And we would hope that everybody would be involved in that. This summer, when we have our emphasis on our tracks, we got our brand new tracks in. They're fantastic. Can't wait to put them in your hands. But I'm holding off till this summer because I want us to be excited about it as a group. We're going to get those out. But not only at those times, but tomorrow noon, lunch break, wherever you work. Or, you know, some, your next door neighbor comes over and wants to borrow something. You end up having a cup of coffee. You see those as divine appointments. I like in Acts chapter 8, verse number 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch uh, of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Here he is. he, He meets this man. Philip does. It's an Ethiopian eunuch. We read on verse number 28. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And, and said unto him, this is Philip talking to this Ethiopian. He said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. And I think you know the rest of the story. Understand these subpoints. Sinners are, I mean, soul winners are active in their local churches, but they see every moment of every day as an evangelistic opportunity. Soul winners also seek to reproduce themselves and others. Most mentor or train others in evangelism. So soul winners, they get involved in the organized programs that we have during the course of the year, but it would be like running into somebody like Philip, just traveling, and you cross paths, and the Holy Spirit says, you need to witness to that person. That we're looking for those opportunities all the time. And then lastly, number seven, and this is one that we've been really trying to emphasize here at the beginning of this year. Soul winners pray for opportunities. 
pray for opportunities. I think that is key to us being faithful in witnessing this year, is that every single one of us in this room, including young people, are praying for ourselves that I will be a soul winner, that I will look for opportunities. If necessary, I am praying that I will have the courage and the wherewithal to witness to somebody. Whatever you need to pray for, that you are praying. And I guarantee you, if you are praying that God would give you an open door to witness or pass out a track or invite somebody to church, if you're praying that, he will give you that open door. And if we are praying that this year, we'll start seeing these empty places in this auditorium filled with teenagers, kids, moms, dads, singles, sitting here that were on their way to hell but are now saved and growing in the Lord because we took this command seriously. We are focusing on the main thing. As they say, we're making the main thing the main thing. So many churches are off course today for so many reasons. Another message for another time. But we need to understand soul winners are praying for opportunity. We preached on this. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. We see soul winners pray for those with whom they have witnessed. They pray for those with whom they have not yet witnessed. They pray for divine appointments and witnessing opportunities. And for lack of a better way of saying it, it's almost spooky that you pray to be a witness that in short order you'll have that opportunity. How do I know that? Because I've experienced it. I may go through a drought sometimes where I really haven't witnessed like I should, and I get under conviction, and I say, Lord, give me an opportunity to witness. And sure enough, sooner rather than later, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a divine appointment that God has provided for me. And sometimes that person gets saved, sometimes they don't. But I have done my job to witness to that individual. Spurgeon, as we conclude, says this, one other quote. He said, we're not called to proclaim philosophy and metaphysics, but the simple gospel. Man's fall, his need of a new birth, forgiveness through atonement, and salvation as a result of faith. These are our battle acts and weapons of war. And again, Mark sixteen fifteen, And he saith unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And again, let me compliment you. I really believe every person in this room wants to do that. So if you will just listen during the course of this year, let me encourage you, let me instruct you, let me prompt you, and you're going to find out that you can do it. And it's going to be one of the most rewarding things when you see that the Lord has helped you to fulfill the great call on your life to be a witness for Him. And as we do it together as a group, and each of us assuming our responsibility, it's no telling what we're liable to see here. 165 on a Wednesday night might be 265 on a Wednesday night. I mean, those results are are for the Lord. 
But understand the possibilities are unlimited. Again, what are they? And these aren't on the slides, Tom. We're done with the slide, but I'm going to review. Soul winners are prepared, number one. Soul winners share Christ anytime, anywhere. Soul winners adapt to the situation. Soul winners have divine appointments. Soul winners don't worry about the results. That's up to the Lord. Soul winners are involved in, but not limited to the special church programs a church will do. And soul winners pray for opportunities. 